Hi, I'm Michaela from Columbus, and I would absolutely recommend 3C. Because the accident wasn't my fault, 3C stepped in to handle the other person's insurance company, so I didn't have to do a thing. While they were fixing up my bumper, they actually fixed up a few of the scratches that were there, and now it looks brand new. I would totally recommend 3C to my friends and family, and I have been. <laughs> 3C Potty Shop, the finest in collision repair. This is Jared Sandler. This is Curtis Terry from the Round Rocket Express. This is Kennedy Landry, the Rangers beat reporter for MLB.com. Hi, everybody. This is Victor Rojas, president of the Frisco Rough Riders. I'm, this is Taylor Hearn of the Texas Rangers, and you listen to the Ranger Report podcast. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Welcome to the Ranger Report Podcast. I am Ben Dieter. You can find me on Twitter at BDieter75. I am CJ Berryman. You can find me at CJB underscore RR. And then you can find us at the Ranger Report on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Of course, you know, you can find us at therangerreport.com. And we are brought to you by Walton's Everything But The Meat. Now, Walton's, guys, let me tell you something about Walton's. We've been doing ads for them for a while now, basically the whole year. And it's just been fantastic, you know. I've been using their spices now for, well, for a long time. I started using them grilling, and uh, my kids basically told me it was the best thing they've ever eaten. You can go look on Twitter on my Eater 75 handle, and I've got uh, a picture of some of the stuff that I made using their seasonings that my daughter thought was so great. The stuff that you can put on pork chops, oh my gosh, man, that is literally like the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. I don't know what it is, but when you add that seasoning and then smoke those things, oh, they tasted so good. Like, I mean... It really was amazing. So Walton's has everything you need. They have meat gistics, which gives you recipes and all kind of other things that you can follow along with. They've got blogs. They've got a uh, Instagram channel where you can follow them with lots of cool stuff. So if you're into grilling and they've got seasonings for game, they've got seasonings for beef, they've got seasonings for chicken, they got seasonings for pork. They have it for everything, guys. It's pretty amazing. They are a great sponsor. We love them here. Uh, Austin is the guy that we deal with, and he is a fantastic guy. Has been, just been nothing but awesome with both me and CJ. So if you haven't been to Walton's yet, go to waltons.com and in your checkout, use the code Rangers15 for 15% off of your first order. It's totally worth it. Like I said, I haven't had anything there that I dislike. Now, obviously, I haven't tried everything, but I haven't had anything yet that I dislike. So go to waltons.com and use the code Rangers15. That picture that you sent on Twitter, uh, it made me hungry and I had just eaten. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I took one bite and I was like, holy bleep, that is so good. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it really was, man. It was great. But anyway. And, and congratulations to Austin. He just had a baby girl, Jenna. That's right. Congratulations. That's awesome. So ho- glad that uh, that she was born safe and that mom and baby are doing well. So Austin, congratulations. All right, yes, let's move on. We've got a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. We don't want to make this a real long one, but 
CJ and I were talking. It's been quite some time since it's just been CJ and I, and uh, so we wanted to get some stuff off our chests about what's been going on in baseball the last few weeks. I think people think that's a good thing. Like, get more guests on so we don't have to hear these two jack wagons just go back and forth. I am sure that people are like, oh my God, it's one of these episodes. But anyway, you're stuck with us, whether you like it or not. Yeah, um, you're, you're, you're done. Please don't turn off. All right. Anyway, uh, you know, we, we need the ratings. Um, OK, but uh, by the way, speaking of that, you know, if you do want uh, and, I, you know, I, I'm probably weird for promoting another one. But, man, Jeff Wilson has had some awesome people on lately. If you don't listen to the Texas Rangers baseball podcast and you love prospects since he's one upping us. But, of course, we one up Tim this last week by getting Taylor Hearn on our we, podcast. We steered into his lane this time. We steered into his lane. I mean, we're back in ours now, but at least for a minute, we steered into his lane. We, we, che- we checked him up NASCAR style. We did, yeah. We just kind of bumped into him and then came back over into our lane. But if you guys haven't heard that or Levi Weaver, I recommend you go back and listen to both of those. Levi is like a savant, brilliant genius. He was so, so fun to talk to, and he knows so much. And then, of course, Taylor Hearn was just, I mean, CJ, wasn't that one of the best interviews we've done? That was that was fantastic. I I couldn't believe number one that he got on with us, and number two how open he was with us, um, with with the additions, the signings, with John Gray talking about him, and then you know talking about you know just his personal life and him. I didn't know he roped. You, I mean, yeah, I didn't know he grew up roping. I mean, that's just something he's always done. And yep, and man, that's it's it's awesome to get guys on like that that are willing to open up. And of course, he gave us his Whataburger go-to, which is always super important when we have players on. Oh yeah, we're I'm gonna I'm gonna I've got one for you when we end here. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. But no, it's been <laughs> it was a lot of fun, like I said. And there is a video of it. If you are a Patreon, you can see the video right now. If you're not a patron, then you'll have to wait a couple of weeks, and I'll put it out on YouTube eventually. But right now. If you join our patron, you can see the video, you can join our Discord, you get some free merch from our shop, uh, you know, lots of cool stuff there for you to do. Just, I mean, I think if you give $3, you get access to the YouTube videos and to the uh, Discord right away, and I still think you get free stuff if you do just $3 a month. So, totally worth it. We have a one, three, five. 10 and then i have a 25 and 50 dollar a month if you're just stupid enough to give us that much money then i'll send you <laughs> all kind of stuff man you won't have to worry about it i will i will send you everything i've made if i have to if you're going to do that because you would you would be like i don't know you would be my hero i would probably work for you at that point but you're getting on the podcast if you spend that much you run the podcast if you spend that much <laughs> what are you talking about man i'll hand the producer reins over to whoever gives us 50 dollars a month i'll tell you that right now but no it is good there's also a buy me a coffee if you just want to give a one-time donation you can do that there as well buy me a coffee slash the ranger report um you can find all this stuff on our website on our facebook page and uh all over the place anyway getting all that out of the way let's start with what happened on wednesday the day we interviewed taylor hearn i believe the rangers maybe spent like 20 or 30 bucks that day cj uh you know i don't know about five or ten give give or take give or take they, yeah, they they uh, brought in uh, yeah they brought in if, I'm sure if you guys are listening to this you're Rangers fans so you already know this we're just recapping for you they brought in Corey Seager they brought in Cole Calhoun uh, they brought in John Gray and they brought in Marcus Simeon so all four guys good character guys from what I hear Cole Calhoun I always admired from a distance when he was an angel even though I didn't like him because he was an angel but I always admired him from a distance always seemed like a stand up guy and then of course I don't know. A lot about Gray yet. I've been doing some research on him, but seems like the kind of guy you want here. And then I've always liked Simeon and uh, Seager. I always thought was a special player. So that what a haul for the Rangers. Yeah, we we talked about this when 
you know, the trade deadline happened and you, you went nuclear about the Gallo deal and that about uh, the Rangers not being willing to spend money. Well, uh, how, how does Crow taste? Yeah, well, I mean, it turns out they just weren't <laughs> willing to spend money on Joey. They hey, are willing to spend money. If you put if you put some Walton seasoning on that crow, it, it probably tastes pretty good. <laughs> I bet it would, and I bet they have some seasoning for that. As a matter of fact, no, the uh, the the I mean, obviously, they didn't see Joey's value what Joey saw his value, you know, and that's obvious, especially now. After I mean, I got to eat crow for you know when we talked to Jeff and Wilson and Chris Halleck and everybody else, and I said there's no way they're you know they're gonna. That's why I was I was harping on somebody. That's why I was harping on someone like Chris Archer, thinking he would come here because I didn't think the Rangers would penny up the kind of money it would take to get somebody like John Gray or Marcus Simeon or Corey Seager here. And boy, did they prove me wrong. Yeah, and, and it's good to see that because I mean, oh yeah, it, it was one of those deals where, and we, we when we talked to Jeff Wilson, he said the same thing. He said, "I know everybody's saying we'll believe it when we see it. If you say you're going to spend money, well, they they did, and the the dynamic now that they have at second and short, it might be. I mean, I'm not being a homer here, but it might be the best middle infield in the league." No, I've heard pro. I've heard pros say that as well. That it's probably the best middle infield in the, at least in the American League, if not in all of baseball. Yeah, and and one thing about Simeon too is we we'll sit here and we'll talk about offensive numbers and all that kind of stuff. He's very good defensively as well. Yes, and so is Corey Seager. So you you mix that with what they're going to have in the outfield. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Adoles Garcia and Leody Taveras because now we're hearing that they may add another outfielder. So that's that's going to be an interesting thing to see. And Clayton Kershaw is still in play. Uh, but we got to wait for this lockout to end. So and this is where our scope of expertise ends, if you want to call our scope of expertise. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, you follow Jeff Wilson on Twitter. Follow Chris Halleck on Twitter. Follow Levi Weaver on Twitter. And they'll be able to keep you up to date on that. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see when that ends, because once that ends, the Rangers are going to make things happen. And and we'll talk about trades here in a minute. But because uh, what what the two signings up the middle have done for the Rangers has actually caused a roadblock for some of the prospects down on the farm. Yeah, and they're going to have to trade away. They're going to trade away guys that we've been talking about and you've been hearing about and people that you've been excited about, unfortunately. Uh, well, not unfortunately, because we have players that we don't really need them at this point because of that. And it's not a bad problem to have. This is why you stockpile projects. It's not just so that you can have all these prospects. You, you stockpile prospects so that when these situations come up and you're ready to compete, you have those prospects to give away to get major league ready players. Yeah, you can flip them and one of them's Justin Foscue. That's the that's the guy that I thought about immediately whenever they signed Simeon to the long-term deal. Uh yep. so uh there's there's guys that we've fallen in love with throughout the season that are not going to be Rangers. And that's yep. just the harsh reality of, in the in the business part of it, but um I uh I don't know. They're they're talking to the Reds about a couple of their pitchers, Sonny Gray is one of them, uh, and, and another one of their pitchers. So it wouldn't shock me to see Justin Foskey get moved this offseason after after the lockout gets done. 
No, me either. I think, and I think that's probably going to happen. And there's lots of guys like that. There's guys, like I said, we've talked to unless on this podcast that are probably going to get moved. Luis and, you know, Angel Acuna. He is another one that I think could get moved. He is a shortstop slash second baseman who is now 100% blocked on, on, uh, uh-huh. you know, on his, uh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> who is now 100% blocked, you know, getting to where he wants to play in the major leagues. So it looks like, and speaking of the Corey Seager signing, uh, CJ, I tweeted you or actually texted you, whatever it's called. I don't know what the world is anymore, but I texted you. It's all mixed together. Some (laughs) tweets uh, on responses. Well, first I texted you a tweet by a man named Howard Cole, who's a Dodgers writer. Oh, here we go. And then I tweeted you some responses that some of his fans uh, or some of the Dodger fans responded to. And I'm just going to just going to read you a couple of the responses. Well, first of all, he tweeted a picture of sad Corey Seager. And he said, looks like he already regrets, you know, going to uh, for going from 106 win team to 102 loss team, which, you know. I can find a picture of anybody that looks sad during a 20 minute, 30 minute press conference. Oh yeah. I, mean, I found a better one. Yeah. You can find, I mean, you could probably find one where he looks like he's crying for, I mean, he didn't, he didn't <laughs> do that much research, but anyway, that really irritated me. But then some people responded. This is, this is just great. All right. One of them said he will make up for it in higher endorsements in LA than he would in Cowtown, Austin. Obviously they've never been to Texas. No. And they don't because. know even where the Rangers play. No, it's called Arlington, Texas. Let me help them out. Man, this uh, – and I I did not want to do this, but I had to. I, I, I couldn't hold up because he doubled down. Yeah, he did double down. He doubled down and, te- and, and, and tweeted another picture of him, uh, Corey Seager, saying, what, what did I do? Yeah. And I was like, well, here's a better picture, and it's Corey Seager smiling, you know, and – um, I'm going to read my tweet. Yeah, go for it. It's, uh, I'm unfiltered as y'all all probably know <laughs> at this point, but I said what I think everybody was wanting to say to this guy. I said, let me help you out. You tool. Here's a better photo of Seeger at the presser. Do everyone a favor, go outside and play hide and go F yourself there. I had to get it out. I'm done. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, he he and he like I was willing to let it go until he doubled down on it. And then I was like, all right, dude. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was Walker Bailey that, that tweeted like you're going to double down on on your he called it a, your shit take. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, uh, thanks to Chris Halleck, the unverified Chris Halleck, who was the first one that brought it. Who was the first one that brought it to my attention when he tweeted it. Yeah. Unverified. Let's we got to get that done. Yeah. If you don't follow Chris Halleck, you need to follow him. He's. Probably, I mean, all of the Rangers beat writers are fantastic writers and fantastic guys, but Chris is like Mr. Ranger Report guest. He's like the, you know, he's our most consistent guy who will say, I mean, he doesn't hold anything back when he talks to us. Probably one of my favorite guests that we have on this show. So if you don't follow him, you definitely need to go give him a follow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's uh, he's our Ranger Report BFF is what I call he him. He is. That's right. He is definitely that. All right. Another tweet. This one was probably my favorite one. Hope Kershaw doesn't join just that 200 and 102 loss team. So wait, that's not even good English. Hope Kershaw doesn't join just that 102 loss team. Yeah. September in Austin, all they care about is football after Rangers eliminated beginning of month. Well, Josh Hamilton said that once, remember? Yep. Right before he went to LA, actually. Uh, Right before he went to LA. And um, that's BS. And I think... Everybody knows that from like those those ALCS championship teams. 
the, the crowd or the, the fans packed that place. Yeah. Packed that place. My dad went to one of those games. He went to the, the, the game clinching game against Detroit in 2011, yeah. you know, and he said that the, the crowd was electric. No, we get into it, but you've got to have the product. You got to have the product. All right. Here, here's another good one for you. You ready? Snarky Brian. <laughs> At Snarky Brian said, looks like Corey Seager has a severe case of buyer's remorse. Going from an perennial playoff team to a perennial loser and going from a team that gets the highest attendance to one that never gets any attendance is a tough pill to swallow because he's crying all the way to the bank. Now, Now, my first thought was I went and looked from 2008 to 2021 and the Rangers, other than about two years, are the top four in attendance every year. In the yep. top four this year, we were number three mm-hmm. with a hundred and two loss team. So to yep. say that we don't get attendance, I mean, we we it's just ridiculous. You know, it's just ridiculous. It really is. And then another guy said something about the heat, which cracked me up. <laughs> Does he not know that we play in a different state? The Dodgers <laughs> played in a World Series in our new ballpark in 2020 uh, and won it uh, there. And the guy still doesn't know that the Rangers play indoors. <laughs> so Dodger fans did not uh, acquit themselves well on these you, Twitter feeds. You know what? You know what it's called? What's that? Losers, losers limp is what my dad okay. likes to call it. They they're mad that they lost Seager and they're yeah. probably oh, yeah. going to lose Kershaw to us. I mean, we so. were a little mad when we lost Josh Hamilton. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I didn't tweet uh, things I didn't know about LA after we lost Josh Hamilton. No, you know, I should, I should tweet back, you know, that's all right. The San Diego Dodgers will be fine. (laughs) See what kind of response I get on that. Okay. I didn't know about, I didn't know if I was going to do this, but I'm going to make the LA Dodgers of Anaheim, the LA Dodgers of Anaheim. I am going to make a bold prediction that will probably bite me in the butt. Are you ready? You love predictions. So I love predictions. You ready? The Rangers will win a World Series before the Dodgers win another one. Oh. The Dodgers are on the way down and they have no prospects. The Rangers are on the way up with a million prospects. The Rangers will win a World Series before the Dodgers win another one. Take it to the bank. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. You're bold with your predictions. I'm telling you. I mean, but I'm just, I mean, I've been looking at the Dodgers ever since, you know, we got Corey Seager and I don't see, I don't see the prospects. They're way down on the prospect list. And they're aging. All their guys. And all their guys are old and with huge contracts and they're at the end of those contracts. And I just don't see, I don't see a world series contender there for quite some time. I think they're going to pull a Rangers and keep trying to, you know, and stretch out the rebuild and not try, you know, thinking they still have a chance. But I think their window is closing quickly. Yeah, it's funny that you it's funny that you said that, because that's exactly what I see as well, because they you try to hang on to what you have because you're tied to it at this point. You know, you're tied to those guys. So you try to do what you can to try to extend that window. But that window is closing and we've seen that happen. We were Rangers fans. We watched yep. that happen. Oh yeah, um, that that extension uh, that you try to do, and then it doesn't work out. And then guess what happens? You're where we are, or where we were. Yep. Where you're in a two to three year window where you're not even you're not even worthy of competing in the field, pretty much. Yeah, and so, I think I think they're headed that direction. Now that could change if they get the right people in there and if they. Actually, you know, I mean, they have the money to spend for sure. They can go get yeah, whoever yeah, they have, want. 
they'll have to spend a lot more money. They'll have to spend a lot more money. And I still don't know that they'll be able to put together a contender now over the next few years. And I could, like I said, I could be wrong. You know, I could be wrong, but that is my bold prediction. I think the Rangers win one because I'll be honest with you. I, I, we were around, we've been around for a long time. I was there from the 2004, you know, through the 2015, 16 Rangers that were competitive. They weren't competitive in 2004, but we watched them build. And then we watched them become competitive. And then we watched them, you know, go to back-to-back World Series. And then we watched them in 2011 that we won't talk about. And then we watched them still win the division, have the best record in baseball, you know, through 2015, 2016. They were still competitive under Jeff Bannister. They Mm -hmm. still were winning games. Other than then two bad years in there, one Ron Washington's last one, and then Jeff Bannister's last one, I believe. Both ended terribly. But... Both those guys had perennial playoff teams with the Rangers. Yeah, and and it's funny that you you mentioned the managers because I love both of those guys. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I I thought you know Jeff Bannister going um, was just kind of a, a kind of a sign that like okay this is the end of the that was the signal. Yes, like okay this is the end of that window, and so you got to turn over a new leaf. And I hated it because it wasn't necessarily his fault, but. You know, I thought he was a great manager throughout his time there. Yep. Uh, Ron Washington, I think we can talk all day long about. Uh, I, I'd love to see him, you know, be successful again as a manager. Oh, me too. And and you know, he just does a great job. And uh, Marcus Simeon talked about Ron Washington and how he helped him help turn him around into a more effective defensive player. And now he's gold Glover. Yep. So, uh, you know, Ron Washington was, was awesome. Um, I, I, he had so many, we, they call it on, uh, on the radio, on one of the stations I listen to the washisms, like that's how baseball go. You know, it's yes. just some of the things he said, it's just so simple and this is baseball and just go out and play instead of getting so, analytical about it. Now there were times where you could argue, yeah, he didn't think a lot of things through and those analytics weren't there. And I know that Chris Woodward is pretty big into the analytics. I I miss having both those guys as, as managers. Yep. And funny that we would bring that up because there's another topic I wanted to talk about. I have started a series on the rangerreport.com. I am in the process of writing a book about the 2009 through 2012 Texas Rangers, just kind of uh, recapping what I wrote way back in the day uh, during their run as I was a new blogger and a new, you know, uh, so the book title I have right now, the working title is The Almost Champions. And it's a look at the 2009 through 2012 Texas Rangers. So we started that series today. So we'll be talking about a lot of those guys, Washington and all those players that we've been talking about. And I've reached out. We'll see what happens to several players from that era. And I'll see if we can, uh, if we can get some of them on to talk about it. Oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. And I'm excited to see what, uh, what you come up with as far as the book goes, because you know, the 2009, yeah, the Rangers didn't, make the playoffs that year, but that was kind of the year it was like, uh, okay, we might have a good team here. Yeah. 2008, they finished third. And then in 2009, they also finished, they finished second, but they finished with 86 wins, I believe in 2000 and, uh, in 2009. So they were 79 and 83 in 2008. 
And I have it written somewhere in this article I'm looking at right now. They were, yeah, I think they had 86 wins and didn't make the playoffs because the Angels won like 98 games that year. But a team that we didn't expect to be above 500 was, and then we all know what happened the next year. Well, that 2009 team, that, I mean, that was Elvis Andrews' rookie year. And yeah. He was just, uh, what, 19? Correct. And, uh, and it just all started coming together right there, and it came – they were talking about the Rangers maybe being able to contend in 2010. Yeah. And it happened a year earlier. Yep. So, yeah. And, and then, you know, 2010, obviously, World Series appearance. 2011, World Series appearance. And here you are. You know, you got the Rangers in your face. And I was – that was the time of my life, you yep. know. And I was actually in the Air Force at, the, at that time. Yeah. And um, I had I had bought in the uh, MLB – package or whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, on direct TV. And I was watching every game from New Mexico. And then the night that I got out of the air force and drove back home and hung out with my, my dad and, and, and a bunch of his friends, that was the night that they clinched and they beat the Yankees and Neptali Feliz struck out Alex, Alex Rodriguez to greatest play in Rangers to, history still yeah. to this day. Yeah, that was that was the that was my last day in the Air Force. Oh wow! Yeah, and that was a that was a very 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 I'll never forget that night. I will never forget it. No, and in the book I tell the story about what happened to me during the 2011 World Series, which is kind of funny. It changed the uh, my career because of some, something that happened. Um, I'll, I'll get into that later, but anyway, it changed my career because I wasn't able to pass something I needed to pass because I was too distraught. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so another reason I hate that 2011 World Series, but you know, just looking back, it's been fun putting all this together. But you know, okay, have you read the article? I have not yet. Okay, good. Can you name the starting five on opening day uh, of that year? Yeah, starting five pitchers on 2009 opening day. 2009. I had three of them correct, but when I looked it up, I had two of them wrong. 2009. Kevin Millwood. Correct. Um, Vicente Padilla. I was going to say angry guy. Yep. Yep. Uh, Ooh, now I'm getting. Yep. See, this one took me a minute too. I I got the first, I got three of them. It wasn't Scott Feldman. It was. It was? Yep. Okay. That's three. Um, 2000, this is 2000. This is 2009. Yeah. CJ Wilson. Nope. He was in the bullpen in 2009. Ah, Okay. Okay. Um, Colby Lewis. No, he wasn't here yet. Yep, that was that was a year after. Yep. Um, <laughs> Brandon McCarthy. That is correct. That is number ah. four. Nice, nice get. I forgot him. Do you want a giant hint? Tommy Hunter. Very close. He did pitch as a starter that year, but he wasn't in the opening day. He wasn't one of the opening Matt day Matt Harrison. Starters. That is correct. Ah, I got all five. You got all five, and you got number six, and then number seven, you can probably get. It was his rookie year. Derek Holland. That is correct. Aha. Uh-huh. His first MLB start was in May of 2009. That was the year that he got called up into the bullpen, and he was wearing Casey Gabbard's jersey because they, that is they correct. get him. Yep. That yeah, is I correct. That. Yep, and then some of the other ones. We had on the team were like Eddie Guard- Eddie Guardado, Frankie Francisco, yeah. Darren O'Day. Uh, oh, I forgot about Frankie. I love Frankie. His, yep. I loved. Uh, I I went to a game that year. I, was that that year or the next year? And I loved his walk up theme. Yeah. It's just it was kind of 
kind of goofy sounding, but it was uh it was great whenever he he walked to the mound and was playing that was, and that he was the close uh yeah he was yeah he was the closer he was the closer Frankie was Neftali, the closer yep yep and Neftali, Neftali Feliz, wasn't there yet yeah no nope he wasn't there all right yep. and then of course position players I won't make you guess all these catcher oh, I'll guess them okay I'll all right catcher Toriaba nope Napoli nope not yet he was 2011 oh Salt Lamakia. there you go Jared Salt Lamakia. First base. Chris Davis. Yeah, that's correct. Now, these next three are going to be super easy. Second base. Ian Kinsler. Uh, third base. Oh, Michael Young. There you go. And then shortstop. <laughs> Elvis Andrews. All right. Right field. Uh, it wasn't Murphy. Murphy was in left. Correct. Josh Hamilton in center. Right field. Marlon Bird. No, actually, Marlon Bird was in center field. Josh Hamilton was in left field. Okay. To start the year. This is to start the year. This isn't okay. the whole start year. Start the year. Yeah. And then right field. Come on. Think about the 2011 World Series. Oh, Nelly. Yep. Marlon Bird. And then Josh Hamilton slash David Murphy were in left because Josh was injured and only played in 80 something games. Okay. And then, of course, right. backup catcher Taylor T. Garden and another one you might have heard of, a guy named Pudge Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was at I was at the game right after they traded for him. Then of course, backup catcher Taylor Teagarden. Hank Blaylock was still on the team. Hank Blaylock, yeah, he was. Uh, they had kind of transitioned him to DH first base. Correct. Yep, he's listed as a first baseman that year. That is correct. Yeah. And then of course, Julio Borbone uh, and Craig Gentry, who everybody loved, old kitten face oh, himself. Uh, yeah, I, I miss Craig Gentry. Dude. Me too. And then 2009 was when they brought in Omar Vizquel to help Elvis Andrus. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he was able to play second and short. Oh, so. I forgot DH. Do you remember who the DH was? He only played for the Rangers one year. Andrew Jones. That is correct. Ah, I'm so good at this. Dang, man, you're really good at this. So <laughs> I remember the majority. I mean, this is, you know, this is a pretty pivotal time in our lives when the Rangers uh-huh. were that good. But anyway, uh-huh. now it's fun. So go read the article at therangerreport.com. Uh, it, it's going to be fun and I'm going to be, it's going to take a while. I was going to do 2009 in one article and then I got like, I don't know, 700 words and I'd only gotten to May. I was like, I think I'm going to go ahead and break yeah, this gonna, up it, into more articles. Time. Yeah, and at the beginning, and and we'll say this here on the air too. At the beginning, I I wrote, I thanked everyone for. I mean, CJ knows this, and I know it. This has been the biggest year we've ever had on the podcast. Um, It's been amazing. Like by, I mean, when I say the biggest year, like it's been like crazy biggest year. Like we're we're thousands and thousands of listens over what we were in 2020, 2019, and 2018. Um, That was before I was there, though. That was that's what I'm saying. That probably has something to do with it. You think people are tired of listening to me and you talk when it was just me. People are like, holy crap, man, this guy needs a co-host. But anyway, and then uh, on the website, it's our second biggest year we've ever had. Our biggest year was actually, which weirded me out. It was 2015. I went Uh, back to look. that That was a big year. That was a big year. Yeah, but I thought 11 would have been our biggest. Um, you know, well, that's the year That's the year the website started. It's 10 years old this year, by the way. TheRangerReport.com is 10 years old. Happy I started anniversary. It, I started in January of 2011, so it's about to be uh, 11 years old. But but our biggest year was 2015. It was over 5,000 uh, 5, clicks. So we are... That was the year we traded for Cole Hamill. Um, but yeah, we also... And, and Carlos Beltran and... Oh, Jonathan Lucroy. Jonathan Lucroy. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was, you know, that that was fun. So we're over we're over almost to 4000 this year. So thank you guys very much. You've been reading, you've been listening, and we greatly appreciate it and I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Yeah, we appreciate y'all so much. We could not do this without y'all. We we so much appreciate it. 
Um, the love that's going out right now from us to y'all is, is huge. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you guys again. And, uh, we have guests coming up hopefully to help us break down the, uh, Help us break down the 2009 through 2011 yeah. Rangers. We got, we're we know, we know we're having T.R. Sullivan on. C.J. Uh-huh. has been in contact with him, and uh, we know we're gonna have him. I'm, and uh, I'm shooting for lots of people. We'll have Jeff back on to help us talk about it. We'll have Chris. Jared we'll have Sandler. Jared Sandler. So we got lots of good guests coming up. Uh, you won't always have to listen to just me and C.J. And again, check out Patreon.com/slash The Ranger Report. See if you're interested. Help us out. Uh, and that's all we got. Thank you, guys. Deuces. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.